This time on No Not the Mind Probe, episode 22, London Underground. John, the doctor mentions if you're attacking a man with a sonic screwdriver, don't let him near the sound system. And now that was because he then sort of uses the sound to zap a bunch of robots. But Hmm. it's also because people with sonic screwdrivers, notably just great party DJs, John, Hmm. they just keep people dancing. They play hits. Sure, but also mix in new stuff people haven't heard yet. They usually bring the right cables to hook up their phone. Uh, you know, I don't know. We see the doctor on a lot of world saving adventures, but isn't it true that in between those, he's mainly just hanging out creepily at house parties, not talking to people, and just being overly obsessed with getting his playlist out there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And his playlist is just a thing that goes. Welcome to No, not the mind probe. Hmm. <laughs> Seductive. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of readings here. Uh, a podcast. Yeah. Uh, yep. confirming that. <laughs> <laughs> where we watch. Yep. And rank. We're kind of- we're trying, every so often we try to like review our introductions. Like, does it still hold up? Like, yeah, it's what people. It's, it's what brings people back. It's the hook that brings them in, <laughs> right? So, um, it's podcast check uh, where we watch. Yep, rank every single Doctor Who story ever. My name is John Grant. Still hang new season, so I'm still mm-hmm. still cast, yep. still on the cast. Season three. Nice. Yep. Yeah, I'm no longer a featured player. I'm actually mm. I'm actually in the cast, which is exciting. John uh, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> also, a, a, we were we were just talking about Saturday Night Live. That wasn't just a ghost who was like John Grant. <laughs> uh, let's see what's happening. Oh yeah, I'm a lifelong Doctor Who fan still, uh, and I have been watching it for 36 years. Sometimes when you say that, it strikes me a little bit like uh, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> I'm John Grant. I'm a lifelong Doctor Who fan. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Porter Mason. John's been asking me to watch Doctor Who for 26 years, and I finally said yes. Finally Each episode clean. of this podcast, we look at two stories. We're go through, going through the new Doctor Who series in order, and Doctor Who curator slash sommelier John pairs that new story with a classic story. John Grand, what do we <laughs> what do we have in store for this episode? It sounds like I'm supposed to read the prizes now. Well, Porter, oh, I guess we'll be getting a love seat. A lo- uh, um, <laughs> uh, yes, we are going back to the Christmas special, uh, celebrating the holiday season and picking up on the the bride and drink the TARDIS with the Runaway Bride, uh, the 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 Christmas special for David Tennant um, for kicking off the next season. And uh, we have paired that with other terrors from beneath the earth. Uh, mm. The third Doctor season seven uh, story called Doctor Who and the Silurians. It's not the Silurians. It's mm-hmm. Doctor right, Who right, right. and the Silurians. You warned us about this last week. Yeah, this title. I don't want people to get shocked because it's <laughs> it's shocking. It's 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 really something. <laughs> okay, John. Let's recap the episodes. Uh, for, well, just first one and then the other. Um, so we're going to re- recap The Runaway Bride. As you mentioned, this is the beginning of season three. It's sort of episode zero of season three. Um, the Christmas special, it was released on Christmas in 2006. Mm-hmm. And you have prepared for us using Camtasia, I hope. Yes, you're Camtasia. Camtasia. I'm, I'm sorry, Camtasia, I strayed, but I'm back. 
the quality is just so much better. I mean, let me just look gorgeous. Feast, feast your ears on this clip. Ten plus three. Gonna miss it. On your phone, I'm telling them where you are. How do I do that? You got mobile. I'm in my wedding dress. It doesn't have pockets. Who has pockets? Have you ever seen a bride with pockets? When I went to my fitting at Shares Allison, the one thing I forgot to say was give me pockets! This man you're marrying, what's his name? Lance. Good luck, Lance. Oi! No stupid Martian is going to stop me from getting married to hell with you! I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not from Mars. Taxi! That's his That's another one! sequence Catherine Tate <clears throat> yes the lovely Catherine Tate lovely and talented Catherine Tate um so here's what went down in this mm-hmm. this old Christmas episode when we last left our hero he just said goodbye to Rose, mm-hmm. wah, wah. Bye, Rose. Uh, when suddenly a woman in a bridal dress materialized in the TARDIS and this is who we just heard Donna Noble played by the hilarious uh Catherine Tate and quite well-known actress Catherine mm-hmm. Tate I mean we mentioned Billy Piper was well known, but not for being an actress. Um, I mean, uh, you tell me, but I believe Catherine Tate at that point had already had like the Catherine Tate show. Like she, she, yeah. been, she was pretty well known. Which was, I think, like one of the one of the like uh, uh, Victoria was it Victoria? There was another great British comedian in like the eighties who had a show, and Catherine Tate was the first one to have a woman comedian to have a show named after her since since that one. Well, French and Saunders had a show, so Jennifer Saunders and yeah, the, I don't but, know if yeah, they, but they were that was two people. It took two women to do the job right. of one man. There, so. <laughs> That's right. Well, anyway, she's great. So, um, so here she is. She Donna Noble, her character, uh, was literally walking down the aisle when she somehow kind of blinked onto the TARDIS. She's understandably pissed about this. Um, The doctor tries to return her to the wedding, but him being an alien and her being in a wedding dress with no pockets, as we just heard, quite difficult to catch a cab. Um, Ultimately, she does get in a car, but oh no, Robot Santa's. Oh no. (laughs) no. I I love the line, Santa's a robot. (laughs) Uh, which is, you know, a Christmas episode tradition. I feel like at this point we need these uh, robots. I guess they weren't robots last time, but Children anyway. love homicidal Santas. It's just <laughs> what kids want. <laughs> I was thinking, uh, not actually this episode, but I was watching one of uh, the episodes for the show, and I haven't been watching them with my uh, with my five-year-old. And I was thinking, oh, you know what? Uh, I would like to get back into watching them with Nellie because she did enjoy them. And I was thinking which episodes I'd pick, and I was like, I picked the ones that were good and I was going back through. I was like, I'd like to watch this one with her. And I thought of the first like opening minute and it was like zombies eat someone's face off. And I was like, all right, well, I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. It's at least you, well, you want to get them to be about eight before you terrify yeah, yeah. the children. That's that's about right. Right. That's a sweet spot. So the doctor swoops in with a midair TARDIS rescue, a Woo-hoo. lot of CGI. This is sort of a somewhat of an extravaganza here. Or, it's a Christmas you know, one. I think it's a Christmas special. 
And uh, we'll see. But I also think they're kind of, you know, it's season three. Mm -hmm. We've had another year of CGI to get better, the show to get more budget. Mm -hmm. So, like, Mm -hmm. we're, um, and I think we're in HD now or no? Yeah, I think it might be. They're getting there. Uh, Maybe it's in widescreen now, too. I think that shifted. Right, right, right. Um, I'm on to Blu ray. I I picked up the Blu rays recently. Okay. Because the the regular ones you could barely see. It was like a a snowstorm and like a couple of, you just can't (laughs) see anything without them. Uh, no yes. DVD. disgusting anyway yeah uh we we get donna back to her wedding and oh no more santas <laughs> <laughs> uh so you know one thing by the way is her wedding continued on without her that was just sort of a funny choice because it wasn't done in such a way I, it was just a funny choice uh it wasn't done in such a way that like they were completely rude about it, but it was just more of no one kind of knew what to do. So they just continued having yeah. the wedding. Like, I kind of believed it, actually. <laughs> it was like, I don't know. And then once you started and started playing the music, everyone just started having a party. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, I guess yeah. we were worried yeah. about her. Um, what are you going to do? How, you, you look around the church for the body, and then right. if you can't find a corpse, you move on. Like, I, you know, it's, it's, And I guess she had <laughs> sent them that message. She, they had gotten a, 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 an answering machine message at some point in there. And anyway. Um, the doctor, uh, uh, the doctor learns that Donna's fiance and Donna work for a security company related to Torchwood, mm-hmm. so his ears perk up there, and that Donna seems to be infused with this same sort of energy that I believe that the TARDIS runs on, which is why she's zapped over to it, mm-hmm. and he's also this energy is ancient, so yeah. he's intrigued how how she would have this energy within her. So Donna, uh, the doctor, and her fiance head to the company's headquarters that they work for to learn more where we find out a there's a giant spider lady that's trying to kill him <laughs> who's immediately then, suspicious like you're just like mm, that's not good should, somebody that's should bad. check out that giant spider lady yeah. and then b donna's fiance not only doesn't love her he's working with the spider lady yeah. it's a it's a real bummer of a day yeah. for donna <laughs> i mean just hate that yeah so the spider lady, uh, once again, we're drilling to the center of the earth. Humans yeah. love drilling to the center of the love earth. To get there. Whatever's there, we're drawn to it. In this case, the spider lady was pushing them to do this because they were going to send. I This is where I'm not sure if I have this right, but it, it seems like they were going to send Donna's particle infused body. He, he kept giving her like making her drink all these particles mm-hmm. with like water and they were going to send her particle infused body down this tunnel they're digging to feed the spider children or yeah, the ra- key and it was going to unlock the spider thing right and the they, they yeah, would her kids her, her they would basically you guessed it they would come back and destroy the earth and right, rule the universe right. and it doesn't like a parent who locks your children in the basement and you know then you have to send the key down before they eat everything yeah and to me it's also just this uh it dawns on me it's like wow all aliens who want to take over the universe have to seem to go through Earth. It's mm-hmm. like this, like a uh, customs or something. They have, busy. To, <laughs> they have to knock out Earth. Well, the doctor's just not having any of this. So they first feed Donna's fiance to the Spider Woman. That's step that's one. Done. Step one. Yep. Then they throw some bombs in the tunnel and they send all the water from the Thames down there. Essentially. The the it, it's the same plan as when you get a garden hose and you just flush out some spiders. I mean, that's what you're doing here. Like, and um, we're assured the spiders are there. We don't actually see any spiders, but well, we're we see assured the they're down yeah. there. <laughs> we see the one spider woman, yeah, who's by woman. the way, I should say that actress, 
uh, really going for right? it. Right, I was Sarah Parrish. That was like an uh, old school is, yep. Doctor Who villain to me. She mm-hmm. was like channeling. Um, yeah, yeah. She clearly made a decision. Pirate. She was like, "Well, I'm gonna be dressed as a giant red spider. I'm gonna be doing most of my scenes alone because she's probably you know it's right, all CGI right. and stuff." And she's like, "I'm I'm just gonna really go for it." <laughs> she That's does. Great. You gotta give her credit. Like she really does go but, for yeah, it. Because <laughs> if you are playing this huge. A huge spider. Yeah. It doesn't help to have some subtle nuanced performance. <laughs> um, you know, Maggie Smith, just a very subtly yeah. raised eyebrow. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, so that there you go. The, the, they flush out the spiders. The doctor asked Donna to come along with him, but she says no. Yeah. But she says, you really do need someone with you because <laughs> I'm like barely keeping you out of trouble. Um, so we'll talk more about that, which was a really interesting move. But uh, anything I miss here? No, um, I love this episode. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Um, I so Russell T. Davies said he was going for sort of fifties screwball comedy sort of you know um, uh, uh, tone to it, and I think he nails it. I mean, they're great. Dave Tennant and Catherine Tate are great together, and they have since they do a lot together like they've been in comedy sketches together they did i think much to do oh. about nothing uh in the west end they they performed together um and then obviously she does come back later uh as you know um that's not a huge spoiler uh and um yeah they're great together uh i love the story i love i one of the i think one of the greatest scenes in doctor who is the tardis chase i mean on the highway just the i it's, yeah. it's so ridiculous uh and you could only ever do it in doctor who and it's just it's funny and it's I it, it gets me every time I love it I think it's a great scene um and uh, you know and she's funny and just and it's something you know sort of like yeah I guess the TARDIS could have done this but they really could never have shown it before CGI and anything convincing um so, so the TARDIS and so to, like you know it's floating and sort of uh, it shows how the TARDIS does move through <laughs> space which just sort of clanking along yeah. <laughs> like it's floating along it seems to be barely staying up or clearly and i think he kind of addresses this it's like it's this isn't ma- yeah it's not supposed to work <laughs> yeah. like this but he can manipulate it to do it and one of the things details i loved is they had some kids in like the back seat of a station wagon looking backwards seeing it yeah, and watching, clapping, it, yeah, watching it. the whole thing <laughs> um and i i have been in that back seat of a station wagon when, a, when a box rescued uh yeah some people yeah uh, <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i don't remember that but i did drive by um on the way to florida that um that place in south carolina south of the border and that, that was that yeah, i didn't yeah. see a flying police box but i did drive by south <laughs> you of did the border get excited, signs yeah. and they were funny yeah no i mean this is, it really tells you that what could be done if you had a little imagination like you know they should have they should reshoot the classic car chase in the movie Bullet, and Steve McQueen should be driving a portable toilet and a just, box. Yeah, just <laughs> chasing, chasing it in a car. Um, so yeah, I love it. Uh, I, I, it's one of my favorites. Um, uh, it's uh, it's it's ripped from the headlines because I think this was when that remember that story went viral about the it was in Atlanta the woman who suddenly just ran away from her wedding and there was like a whole thing we were all looking for her i guess under the cushions and i don't remember that i remember there was a julia roberts movie but that must have been based yeah, off there that. Was, yeah there was some real life incident i feel like it was in georgia or someplace like that and uh uh yeah it was like a, a bride ran away like the right at the wedding was about to start or whatever which again i don't quite know why it became it seems like i feel like that 
I mean, obviously it doesn't happen all the time. Like it's not like a 50, 50 chance that that's going to happen when you have a <laughs> wedding, <laughs> but like, but like, I feel like that, you know, it seems like that must have happened more frequently than, than we would have thought, but uh, there you go. Um, uh, I do love, uh, yeah, I do like Sarah Parrish as the, the Rakhnos uh, queen. Cause yeah, as you say, she really does go for it. Uh, and I, you know, hats off to her because that must've been difficult to do. Um, uh, Catherine Tate was a controversial choice, of course, as you know, Dr. Fans learning nothing from Rose, uh, from Billy Piper were like, well, okay, she was okay, but this one, no way. Uh, right. she, I also at the time did not know her, right? I'd never heard of her. Um, uh, you know, again, uh, well known in the UK, but less so in the U S until she did the office. And that was, I think years later. Um, and so, uh, uh, I didn't have any preconceived notions about her. I thought she was great. I mean, I, I think, um, I think some people, her characters can be a little brash and whatnot. So I think people were seeing her playing, you know, this very sort of bullshit character on the screen. And, and they were like, oh, she's doing her show on Doctor Who. Like they, some people think that she's a bit strident or a bit, you know, uh, um, uh, just the way she's yelling at him and stuff like that. They don't like. Um, but I thought it was great. I, I think it's very funny. Um, I think they I thought it was great it because. Well. Both as an actor and as a character, it was, um, I mean, and actually nothing against Billy Pepper's a great actor, but, uh, I thought that, uh, especially more with David Tennant, like he really commands a presence, um, on stage. And again, so does Christopher Eccleston, but I just say like David Tennant just sort of like is very magnetic on the screen. And I thought it was great to have Catherine Tate be like, she will go into scenes and she would like, I am taking focus from you. Not in like a, (laughs) not in like a egotistical way, but it's just like, I can do that. Like I can come in and own this and be just as interesting. And then I liked also as a character, as you mentioned that she would really challenge him. Um, I don't, you know, we'll see how that develops in the future, but in the beginning she challenges him because it's like, she doesn't understand anything that's going on right. so she's on her heels of saying like what is this what's going on i'm not yeah. just i'm just, just going to be wide-eyed about it like <laughs> you and of course it happens in the middle of her wedding so i love that that was like a new thing that i haven't seen from the companions yeah. i just i really loved their interaction yeah and i mean it's you know it's obviously the show finding its feet because it had been the rose show for two seasons right yeah. i mean and now it's like she's gone and obviously david tennant is is becoming enormously has become enormously popular and is in command of the show but it's like oh you know i, I think it's russell davies saying oh how much i have to rethink how i'm doing this um he does introduce what starts to become i think a, a a theme um is the 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 doctor's reputation preceding him right like the rachnos knew about the time lords and knows <laughs> about and 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 then again sort of donna saying you've got to stop now and, and sort of it starts to develop this theme of the doctor is very powerful he or his people are well known and his reputation starts to become a thing um and that's you know the old series in spite of all 26 seasons going on and him saving the universe many times <laughs> no one ever really heard of him like he would always wander and nobody would be like oh but like now we start to see um uh, and, it, and it picks up more and more is people saying oh the doctor you know i i heard about you i read about you in the paper uh you know or whatever and it's like uh, oh you're you know you're a legend oh, you're, you're powerful that guy. yeah you're the yeah. guy you're the thing okay um and you even start to see like him just trading on his reputation being like you know what i can do and so you better stop and they're like okay 
it. Mm. So, maybe. so a lot of episodes in the third season just end up with the hey, enemy hey, gun. Hey, okay. hey, yeah, he's just like, hey, hey, okay. hey, and they're like, oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Uh, sorry yeah, short. There's some very short episodes this season. <laughs> sorry, um, Mister Doctor. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, uh, and, you know, this is um, uh, it, it, it is also amusing on the role of the companion, right? And like, you know, that that I think it was this is a callback to Rose, who kind of I think said the same thing like you know uh, she, she softened him and made him less of the the doctor of war uh and uh and and so you know it's like oh what happens when you don't have a, a companion to do that or somebody to bring you back down to earth no pun intended um well that's why so, i yeah. thought it was such a great introduction of her because like we said she starts out i mean in just this this worst moment and so uh she is very challenges him a lot and isn't really respecting him and then throughout the episode still you know maintains um still challenges him on things but sort of starts to see like okay <laughs> there's certain things that you are know what you're talking about and i'm not going to challenge you on and it really develops their kind of relationship also develops the um, a moment in her life that she um because when it starts off you think well Oh, it seems like she'll be the companion, but how could she be the companion because she's like getting married? This doesn't make any sense. And then, of course, as the plot goes along in the episode, you say, oh, actually, so she's kind of a rock bottom now. Yeah. Uh, she's lost her job. Her, you know, her company is actually a giant spider woman. And her <laughs> fiance was so I was like, she's a rock bottom. It would make sense at this point to maybe For say a man like, to save her. Yeah. Screw it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, no, but I mean more of like to say screw it i'm gonna go around and travel through space and time like say what you think she's she's hysterical from the the various estrogen hormones going through she (laughs) clearly cannot think for herself or do math or spatial relationships are hard and you know she's she's desperate for a man to to give her any guidance so that she can she can succeed in life i get it john grant known woman (laughs) uh, sympathizer but i just thought they did he did a really great job in the script setting all this up and bringing her to this moment where it was like great perfect i got how she's going to be the companion and then to say no with such a twist to me um obviously they just thought it was too good and they had to come back to it and 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 probably the actors had too much fun or whatever and they're like we gotta come back to this but i I I thought that was a pretty uh pretty ballsy move to uh to do that because it was like you did all this work to set it up (laughs) (laughs) and now you're just getting rid of it well it's the most it is the most realistic move right i mean like she was at one point in a spider web about to be eaten about to be thrown into a pit to be eaten by thousands of tiny alien spiders uh and then to have somebody be like so are you interested in hanging out again? Like, you know, you want to have another date? Be like, I think I'm going to pass on this one. This was this was OK, but. <laughs> well, that's what we said, too, when Mickey initially had said, yeah. no. it was like, yeah, it's kind of believable. He's like, no, it sounds good. You guys go for it. Um, I thought one of the things I generally think is actors who can do comedy um, are in such a better position because then more often than not they can do at least some semblance of dramatic acting and having that full gamut is so great so i i thought that with her i mean obviously there's lots of funny moments in this but she also just has to do sort of like action movie scenes and then more serious scenes and she's great so like um you know and billy piper could be funny enough um and other people can but i think it's actually a real benefit to have someone who's a real comic can do the comic stuff well um because then they just like can do everything at that point. Yeah, and I think she also does. Uh, I love the scene with her too, 
Because this is something that Rose didn't really do because Rose was also like she was into it and for traveling and so excited about this stuff. And it kind of echoes back to Tooth and Claw and some other stuff where, you know, they're at the wedding and all these you know, Christmas decoration hand grenades have gone off. Uh, and uh, and the doctor's like, oh, you know, techno babble and I'm going to go off and chase it. And she's like, people are hurt. You're a daughter. Like, this is my family and right, friends right. have all been attacked. And you're like, let's go. <laughs> it's like, uh, and she's, yeah, like that was a rose would have been like, okay, well, goodbye. You know, try to put the fires out before people burn to death, but uh, we're going to be on our way. <laughs> like, that, was a, that was a good, that moment remind me of like way back to like kind of a season one doctor thing of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I guess they're dying. We need to go solve the thing it was the, that more caustic um uh doctor so why don't we move on to our classic episode speaking of no no caustic we're not gonna do that doctor we're not but it says doctor who and once again i'm gonna have to warn you i'm gonna say the title of this episode just buckle up all right everybody the title of this classic episode is doctor who and the silurians right right so people don't just call it the Silurians because I won't know what you're talking about. That could be yeah. that could be any show in the Silurian. You don't know, but this one is Doctor Who in the Silurians. I think it's entertaining because no one can explain why this is the title. Uh, <laughs> it's like there was a clerical error and it just kind of <laughs> kept going through, and they were just like, "Well, we put it in the credits." So that is the official title. Yeah. It definitely has more of the feel of like Scooby Doo and the Silurians. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I guess because you also have the show titles coming before that the technical title is Doctor Who, colon, Doctor Who and the Silurians. That's like, right. That would be the full story series, you know, title. Yeah. So, well, I, by the way, I don't have a recap. I just wanted to talk about the title for about yeah, 20 minutes. So. It's, it's seven episodes long, but that's pretty much the thrust of it right there. <laughs> so, look, this is season yeah. seven serial two. It actually follows after another uh, story we covered on mm -hmm. this podcast, which is uh, Spearhead. Spearhead from space? Spearhead from space. Yeah, Spearhead from space. Yeah. yeah. Second, third uh, Doctor story. Eldred must live. Yeah. Uh, seven episodes released the 31st of January to the 14th of March. Just a whole month of episodes. <laughs> month and a half. Going on for a while. People were in, entranced. Um, in, in 1970. Mm -hmm. And uh, here is a little clip Anybody would think you were disappointed that I didn't get lost. Come on, Doctor. You get everyone worried. Then turn up safe and sound. You shouldn't have gone, sir. Well, it produced results, didn't it? Subterranean Loch Ness Monster. Very helpful. Uh, so you don't believe me? No, oh, I believe you saw something. The question is what? You weren't very specific. Well, I hardly had time to draw its picture, did I? All I can tell you is that there was something very, very large and something very, very alive. Could it have been prehistoric? Well, it was certainly some kind of dinosaur. There's certainly nothing that I've ever seen before, though. In museums, you mean? No, I do not mean in museums. Well, on second thoughts, perhaps. Perhaps I do, yeah. Look, sir. Suppose there is sabotage going on, and a large group hiding in the caves have faked up some kind of monster. To scare people away? And to count for the unexplained deaths. The noise the doctor heard could have been machinery. What do you think, doctor? Well, it's a possibility, I suppose. Well, whatever it is, we must check up on it. I'll be glad to go with you, sir. No, we'll all go, except Miss Shaw. Oh, just a minute. I'm not going to miss all No, Miss Shaw. Have you never heard of female emancipation? <laughs> Poor Liz. Poor Liz. I feel like Liz's entire time is, uh, this is my favorite part of those interactions, is <laughs> that one was particularly funny because you're like, 
everyone in the room, we will all do this interesting thing, of course, except Liz. And then she's always saying, you know, I will give them the credit of saying they usually write her lines that are pretty indignant saying, this makes no sense. I'm actually a brilliant scientist. And but then the doctor always so she's like, no, I should get to do the thing. And then the doctor goes, Liz, this time, yeah, only this not, time, not I think they're right. <laughs> but he says it every single time. There's, he's just <laughs> constantly saying, Liz, actually, this time I do agree with them. And then she'll she'll capitulate because the doctor says it. Well, and she's she's clearly, especially in this episode, you see it. She is, as we learned in Spirit from Space, she's a physicist, an astrophysicist. In this yeah. episode, she makes. She she cures an alien virus. She she operates a nuclear reactor at one point. Uh, She is she's explaining. I mean, she she's acting as a brilliant scientist on so many levels. And then it's like, can I come? No. Oh God, no. Oh God, woman. Oh, you'll just have babies everywhere. It'll be a disaster. Um, she's still. uh, I know she was (laughs) apparently you know not popular, but it's like she's still one of my favorite companions. (laughs) I really like her. Anyway, here's what went down in this story and a lot i'm sure a lot went down this is seven episodes i'm gonna i'm gonna recap this quite quickly actually but uh the third doctor liz and the unit gang are called into the boys from unit are called into investigate a nuclear power plant which keeps occasionally losing wattage and also experiencing a high number of mental breakdowns amongst the staff a lot of inferno vibes uh, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. the plant director here also really wants the doctor. He thinks the doctor and unit are meddling and he wants to push ahead regardless of the safety concerns. So it's like a lot of uh, similar. I mean, that that episode happens later in mm-hmm. the in the run. But uh, ultimately, we find out that people are getting attacked by big reptile things. Uh, farmer gets attacked. Liz, doctor, everybody, everybody gets a little swipe <laughs> from uh, these reptiles. And it seems uh, someone involved in the plant has been in contact with them. And they are the Salorians who live underground and have been in hibernation, but are using the power plant's energy to revive themselves, uh, you know, kind of one by one from from sleep. The doctor tries to gently like introduce the Salorians and the humans, hoping to get them off on the right foot and to peacefully coexist. But both sides are pretty skeptical and they just love murdering each other instead. Who doesn't? Who the Silorians are threatening to unleash a plague on the humans like they did apparently on their monkey ancestors. I'm not quite clear about that because the humans ultimately did end up living. So I don't know what I guess they wiped out one line of humans. Um, they do infect uh, one person and send them out into London. And we get a real, uh, you know, pandemic vibe, which we're all used. Now, see, now when we watch any movie about a pandemic, right. you're like, no, I, yeah. I don't know. Not I, how I don't know we how deal with it. We wouldn't um, have stopped it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I, but I did like that part. There was a very, uh, there was a very, you know, um, yeah, Andromeda strain uh, yeah. vibe to it. They, uh, there's and then the doctor and here's here was literally my favorite episode i kind of i this this story did not hold my attention very well (laughs) i will say but this doesn't make any sense maybe to most of you when we got to the science episode where there was just a lot of like pipetting and looking at stuff (laughs) under science i was like lengthy pipetting really this is just (laughs) this is great this is the whole episode um, I was really into that one. I, it's like a CSI, CSI, Doctor Who, Doctor yeah, Who, and the fun. CSI was would be the title. And and there's just a lot of it. It represented science well, where the, which mm. is there was just a lot of the same thing happening and over, over and over. Them being like maybe this one, and then be, and then saying no, no, no they're yeah. the other one. 
How about this one? No, no. no. Um, so he does find a cure, but then he's captured by the Solarians. Uh, Liz later, as you mentioned, discovers the cure on her own and starts getting it out to people and saves humanity. Um, but no, everyone's kind of sees that as some sort of afterthought. Yeah, like just um, answer the phone, lady. I'm oh, sorry. Just take my so then the Solorians want to force the doctor. They have him captive. They want to force him to like use the reactor to help more of them revive. But he sabotages things to, I don't know if he blows up the reactor, but he kind of traps them. And then, and he, it, what he says is they're going to be down there for like 20 years now. Yeah, and, but, but he says, he expresses to unit, Hey, you know what I want to do? That's fine. I've done that. But then uh, what we should do is plan so that when they come back up again in 20 years, let's really do this right and have a peace deal. And uh, instead, on the way out, unit just blows them all the hell up, <laughs> which is a simpler, more elegant yeah. solution that I'm surprised I, the doctor really hadn't yeah. thought of. Je- I mean, oh, it's... I should have blown them up. Oh, <laughs> yeah, boy, that was easier. So Genocide that's that. I mean, seven easier. episodes. A, a lot. A lot of other Black stuff happened. Yeah. But um, any anything I'm missing? You, you, well, you're lots. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is the first appearance of the Silurians, of course. Um, uh, you know, famous uh, retroactively uh, from Warriors of the Deep, obviously. And if I, did, I, if, I forget if I said this explicitly, but it's it's the third Doctor, so we're pretty early on. Yeah, yeah, so. it's very early on. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, it's in that first season seven again, it's where they were, they had sort of listed, well, there are only so many kinds of stories we could do. And yeah, now they're on the next one, which is okay. Well, there's something already on earth. There's a monster already here. Um, so the, the, the Silurian backstory is kind of cool. Like, uh, it's, it's thrown away in kind of an exposition, but basically the idea is that the, they were just, you know, hanging out, living life, living large they had technology and all that kind of stuff. And then they saw a planet coming towards earth and they were like, Oh, Oh, that's going to hit us and cause all sorts of problems. Um, that's probably the press conference. Like, oh, that's that's going to hit us, guys. Uh, and uh, and so then they said, well, we should all go to sleep. Uh, we'll go underground and we'll we'll sleep through this. Uh, and then um, because in, they lived in like the, in the, the jungles, core of the earth. Like, no, no, no. They were above the earth. They were all hanging out, you know, like oh, okay. with the dinosaurs. Uh, and then um, yeah, but then they were like, oh, we should go. We'll go into these caves. Uh, underground and we'll put ourselves in these technology in this technology this hibernation stuff uh and then when you know the the thing will hit and all the atmosphere will get cold or whatever and then our little sensors will tell us when that stops uh and we'll wake up but then the thing turned out to be the moon and it just kind of swung into orbit around them uh and so their little sensor things never went off and so they they kept sleeping uh and that's why you said always set two alarms is the, the key lesson <laughs> from from Doctor Who? Um, so yeah, so it's it's an interesting sort of backstory. This is a guy by a writer named Malcolm Hulk, uh, who um, is he will come across him again. He writes, he tends to write long, uh, complicated stories. Um, he was a, I think he was an avowed communist, uh, so his stories tend to often are not wild about government or uh, or capitalism, uh, although not necessarily this one. Um, but he is very, he's a great writer, and that he's very, I mean, he does use the. I love all the side stories that are hinted at in this this one, right? I mean, you've got Doctor Lawrence, uh, and uh, who's the, the who runs the facility, and Quinn. Uh, the doctor and like they clearly have some rivalry at one point there's just a throwaway line it's like oh he's working on that book of his again or something and it's like <laughs> okay yeah. uh, you've got Quinn and Nurse Dawson and they're clearly in or Miss Dawson they're clearly in love or she's in love with Quinn Quinn could care less about her um, but you know her whole motivation is she's got a crush on him 
Major Baker, you know, Brigadier has a line that he's sort of like, oh, you know, yes, he he messed up rather badly some years ago and has always been trying to make up for it ever since. And so, you know, his motivation of always trying to, we've got, you know, let's, we've got to take decisive action to do this stuff is, you know, trying to make up for stuff. Uh, Lawrence and Masters, uh, Masters, the public servant, uh, you know, they clearly were friends, but then, you know, Lawrence is pretty devastated when Masters you know, is kind of like, well, yeah, this this is this has gone very badly. Everybody's <laughs> dying. So we're going to shut this down. Um, uh, Masters played by Jeffrey Palmer, uh, who from uh, uh, as time goes by with uh, Judy Dench and I've been in a bunch of sitcoms, but also James Bond and some other stuff uh, and will be appearing in Doctor Who again uh, several times. Um, Lauren, I love Dr. Lawrence, uh, the guy who runs the facility, because he's it's like he's a it's like he's a normal person who's just trying to do his job and a Doctor Who episode suddenly starts happening. Like he's just like, uh, everybody, could we just and he's like, please, you, you can't take apart the nuclear reactor. There there aren't reptiles in the caves trying to like everybody's just sick. Like what are and he just keeps sort of protesting like he doesn't realize he's in Doctor Who. Uh, he's played by an actor named Peter Miles, who comes back as an amazing... Peter Miles is a very good actor, uh, and actually, he does kind of... He goes through this very Trumpian moment where he denies he's clearly suffering from the plague, but denying that it's all made up to ruin his career. Right. His, <laughs> his face is, like, melting yeah. off as he's it's saying. Like, <laughs> like, this is clearly a fake. Um, uh, this is uh, this is justly, or maybe not just, but is very um, renowned for the uh, the ending uh and sort of the doctor brigadier relationship and you know this betrayal uh by you know by the brigadier of blowing them up and um i mean you know the, it's actually what's interesting is if you if you pay attention the the chief Silurian was was waking up uh and was going to start reviving them early uh and, and the doctor didn't know it so the brigadier is actually right like he actually saved them because if he hadn't blown them up then they probably would have all come out again and started killing everybody um so in some ways the brigadier was right and the, the doctor didn't realize it but um uh yeah it's it's sort of the the tension between them is is is, uh, is sort of at height you know it's been remarked it's like yeah if, if they're gonna stay working together for the next four seasons it was gonna be difficult to maintain that <laughs> like right. they had to sort this of is, past it this is their second story yeah I exactly mean, we, we kind of said this but like unit also appeared with this with the third doctor so this is they're still figuring out how this is all going to work right um unit impress impressive in scale like there's a couple scenes where there's like you know like 20 guys like searching the moorlands and, and helicopters flying over and but all with a it's um it's carrie blighton did the score who's the guy who did death to the daleks which had the the clarinet theme of the daleks and you've got it here it's like very that. like chirpy like it's like benny goodman marches yeah, yeah. <laughs> if benny goodman like were very marshall and tried to you know yeah. Uh, uh, scored like a bridge on the require. Um, so, uh, but um, yeah, no, I, this is a, this is definitely considered a classic, um, uh, but it is very much, I mean, this is where it can sometimes be tough um, uh, to take on the heavy burden of a podcast uh, because this is probably better consumed, not all seven episodes in a row. <laughs> like, like if you were yeah. doing this week to week, it is basically a mini series, right? I mean, it is, it is the, it's, it's got a lot of time for characters to develop and story to develop. And well, it is seven episodes long. And yeah, over like two months, you really would have gotten to know these characters. <laughs> and and, like, okay, you know. Well, and also I would say it's sort of sprawling and yeah, maybe it would be taken in well that way. I also think like if this was a book, it would be an interesting science fiction book. Yeah. Um, but there's just so much going on. Like, yes, he's still getting used to unit and Liz and him are being introduced really. 
then it's also a pandemic. Then the Silurians are also being introduced. Then there's also like this drama at the nuclear power plant. And it's just like there's it, it's just too much going on. And also, yeah. um, of course, this is written before scientific consensus on dinosaurs emerging from yeah. birds observed so they just they say it's so repeatedly that dinosaurs and reptiles and di dinosaurs are reptiles and it's like <laughs> guys no, uh, uh, stupid so old much. people yep. stupid old people dumb dumb people uh and then uh, i will say of course that um uh this was uh i think i mentioned this where is deep but of course the silurians wouldn't have been in the silurian era they would have been in the eocene era uh, and uh, and they would have been known as the Eocenes, but the you know, Silurian sounded cooler, I guess. And uh, the Doctor points it out when uh, later we meet the Sea Devils uh, in a separate Third Doctor story, uh, and then points out the correction because, of course, you know the the nineteen seventies Twitter, which I guess was like a bulletin board at a grocery store, <laughs> yeah, like went wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's just people out on street corners screaming at each other. <laughs> Theme. Theme the theme 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 all around this town. But we're moving to the suburbs now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it we was got... like a very progressive <laughs> 70s, you know, integrated yeah. theme yeah. song. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it I'm went... wait, am I Conrad Bain? I am the Conrad yeah. Bain of this podcast. Yeah, it was like a story about <laughs> Really is a story about white flight in yeah. the 70s, but told through what if a theme like moved? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. look, we, we are adherents of the repeating themes here on No Not the Mind Probe. We think things happen and are mentioned more than once. Yeah, and that, that means a lot. And we are not afraid to call it out. This yeah. this podcast confronts themes head on. Like, now, look, no subtle themes here. Do we learn anything from these themes or draw any? No, no, not really. Yeah. We just point out fine. things that happen. <laughs> We just point at them and say, that happened. That happened. Oh, yeah. Well, that yeah. happened. Yeah, we're, we're, those, we're those idiots. That we're is, that is what that was happened. dropped from the New York Times critic section. They were just like, you just, you just wrote what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't comment on it. You just said it happened. Like, it did happen. You can't fault me for accuracy. You can't fault me. Yeah. Uh, that's, it doesn't have to, you don't have to put news opinion on that. It's like, yeah. this did happen. This happened. And then your Fox News biased stuff here. Uh, all right. Well, right. look, we, anyway. we saw there's two themes here with the Runaway Bride and Doctor Who and the Silurians that we hmm. wanted to touch on. Uh, it's a the double history. Themer. The history of Earth as told through Doctor Who, yeah. um, not not the actual <laughs> history of Earth. Um, and then also monster acting, which is hmm. when you just it could be acting as a monster. It mm -hmm. could be monsters who act. <laughs> it could be, it could be drinking just... a monster and then performing and like <laughs> yeah. you get really hyper. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it yeah. could be a lot of things. Who knows what it'll be? Stay tuned. But let's start off with how is the history of Earth shown to us uh, in Doctor Who? Well, it's just, you know, as you pointed out in our discussion of the Runaway Bride, uh, audience, go back to that chapter of the and review. Um, you can use the quickly. chapter markers yeah. in the podcast to do yeah. so. Do we have lovingly that? put there Ooh. by yours truly? Oh, neat, neat. Um, yeah. So uh, you pointed out, like, by the way, know, John doesn't know that because <laughs> he's not an avid listener of the podcast. <laughs> I've never listened. It's Look, just. Uh, just keeps going he punches the clock <laughs> he records the podcast and then you know what that's it he yeah. leaves work at work i do not want to be in my head about it um uh and i want to come at these fresh when we do our our retro mm. retroactive podcast where we yeah. listen to these and talk about them our clip in, in shows. five years yeah. um 
Doctor Who. Uh, oh, right. Uh, <laughs> Hang on, I gotta go back. All right, so Unearthly Child. So, no, um, <laughs> it's it's uh, as you pointed out, there is a lot of focus on Earth, and what's interesting is it becomes now the if you actually were to try to pay attention to all the continuity and spell out the history of Earth, it becomes very complicated. It's like, you know, even from what we know now from having watched it is at some point the Earth was formed uh, around a spider egg, I guess, uh, <laughs> that was created. <laughs> and then somehow around that green slime that turns people into inferno monsters appeared. Uh, we don't know if that's related to the spiders or not. And then the Silurians showed up around that and thankfully the Silurians never tried to drill to the center of the earth uh, which is Thank weird, you. right? I mean, like that's obviously why they're an inferior species. They were never like, yeah. we, should, we should put a hole in this. Um, because it was there. We uh, choose to drill to the center of the earth in this decade. <laughs> Not because it is easy. But because we must send Hillary Swank in a, in a big machine. <laughs> that's why we're doing it. We're trying to get yeah. her to the center of the earth. I don't know why, but she's, she'll do something amazing with it when she's there. Um, uh so yeah, I mean, it's just now you start to get, uh, and there's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to one city of death, um, uh, which uh, involves, you know, monsters who happen to be on Earth when all there was was amino acids and their spaceship exploded, and now there are humans, and like, like the 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 history, the convoluted history of Earth is quite something, and it goes all the way to. You know, it has been destroyed by solar flares, uh, which sent the Ark in space away. And then it was blown up by, you know, the bitchy trampoline. And like, I mean, it's all it's it's a very complicated. Do they maintain story. any of it? Like the, the continuity? <clears throat> no, I mean, and that's a, it's sort of we'll talk about continuity a bunch, uh, I think, as we go through this, because frankly, we're going to run out of things to talk about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been mapping out the rest of the series and boy, it's going to get, it's going to get ropey. <laughs> um, but uh, um, I mean, that's, the, that's actually kind of one of the fun things about Doctor Who is I think it just sort of, you know, whatever you want to do, whatever you need to do for the sake of, um, of uh, a good story. And then people, it's left everybody else to be like, all right, how can we somehow shoehorn this, uh, this into, <laughs> to, uh, right. uh, to one story or to make it all make sense. Uh, so it's kind of the fun of it, right? It's sort of the game. Um but you know, yeah, this, I mean, there's just uh, um, there's such a convoluted history, and it is all alien influence. <laughs> like everything is aliens, and these, you know, I guess it does to tie this into the religion theme from the other thing. It, it does, Ooh. it does sort of. I mean, you know, no point. Clearly, we're not being like. Well, I guess God put the spider egg at the middle of the planet and then <laughs> and smeared the slime around it, and then created this. Like, I guess you know, we we talked about. It. Does Doctor Who take a position on 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 God? Uh, and the answer is yes. It's like he's not there. <laughs> Apparently, like, like he was he was not around fiddling with stuff. Uh, now, do they take stories. a position on big spider women? Yes, they do. Yeah, they, right. They they're, take clear. <laughs> they're there. <laughs> we should be worshiping big red spiders. Uh, that much is clear. Um, also, it's uh, actually going back to the story. I'm not 100% clear on where she is for the several millennia, but like she's just hanging out in her star and then yeah. she's like, okay, they're finally done. Like, you know, watching, watching soaps and then just yeah. like, all right, I guess it's time to have these babies. But, uh, you know, so again, where's that, Netflix. where's that for the timeline? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, well, yeah. why don't we actually, why don't we move on? Because we were going to actually talk about speaking yeah, of, her, about her. Um, yeah. 
monsters acting, uh, people acting as monsters, mo- monsters acting and monsters are trying to get more work these days and it's really <laughs> difficult for them right and you know uh, who's playing them though non-monsters like i mean that's just, is, you know like cast a monster as a monster why generally why zendaya zendaya yeah. is generally playing these <laughs> monsters and it's like come on yeah and and don't even get me started on heterosexual monsters playing gay monsters i mean that is mm-hmm. just uh, mm-hmm. you know I mean, if you're going to fine if you're going to have an actor play a gay monster Mark Gatiss. But other than that, <laughs> still gay, by the way, folks. Just for those on Gatiss Watch. Uh... Not a gay monster. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I'm going uh, to give a couple episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, but it's, it's, a, um, it's a thankless job, isn't it? I mean, if you, right. if you look at the porcelain, like at least uh, Sarah Parrish as the Rackness, she, she, you could see kind of her face, um, I guess. Uh, she, but like, I love the Silurian acting, which is just, it is voice actors. Uh, Peter Halliday is one of the voices and some others. Uh, and they, you can see, so the monster, the, it's a, clearly a rubber suit. Uh, and the mouth had like a, it was like a little tab that you could kind of flick with your tongue and it would sort of move the, move the mouth a little bit. Cause obviously that was not their mouths. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can barely see it. So they clearly have to resort to wobbling back and forth. They're like, like I am right, saying right. this now. It's like, and I'm leaning forward to act <laughs> concerned and right. I'm leaning sideways. It's like, it's, but it's such a thankless job as an actor, right? I mean, no one's going to know you or, or have seen your face. Like, and for Doctor Who, you're probably never going to come back. Like, you're probably going to get murdered. I mean, <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> going to survive. You know. Although, I mean, a lot of, so I think in the new series, especially a lot of the, the well so there's also your mindless drone army monsters right just the ones that sort of lumber around i think they come back quite a bit that there's a regular repeating cast of lumbers um but yeah <laughs> your your star monsters um but it's interesting even in the classics they did get some of them are fairly well-known actors who play these monsters uh and it's just like yeah well, that guy's um that's uh, bernard breslau who's, who's a big actor comedian who played an ice warrior and so you, you don't see his face he's just in his giant monster suit and uh, you know, even Peter Kay a little bit in uh, in Love and Monsters, and and you know Sarah. Par- I'm not pretty sure unless Sarah Parrish has eight legs, I won't recognize her when I <laughs> if I go to the grocery store. I mean, she was there clicking down the aisle with all those legs, sure. And if she was like, you know, give me my beats, and you were well, like- <laughs> that's why I think the ones and you know, as we discussed, the ones that when it goes well, it's because. They settle in, they make their performance as big as the props and the costuming, and they just kind of leave it all out there on the field. <laughs> and, and I was saying, it, this reminded me of Sil from Vengeance on Baros, yeah. where he just was clearly really enjoying himself and having a great time. And um, it, is it is it like on the verge of, of campy or just straight, straight up campy? Yeah, but it, it just works with... Um, with this thing and also i think that's the way to go anyway because again as we discussed you're not coming back so yeah. just like go for it well yeah you know? you're in a giant slug suit you know and you're eating <laughs> you know you're eating green dyed peaches that look like slimy worms it's gonna be you know it's gonna be like this is not the time to rein it in <laughs> like, I, I by the way i'm so sorry uh, just then i mispronounced that i should have said vengeance on varos I, I didn't correctly i'm i apologize, I apologize. Um, yeah. you know you're gaining more respect for it as it rockets up your standings uh <laughs> <laughs> john welcome yeah. to the ranking uh part of the show this is where we rank things we've 
By the way, we've ranked about 40 of these uh, guys, so we're, we're moving along yeah. here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there are about 295 uh, stories, more more than that. Mm. Um, so let's rank these uh, additional two. Uh, so I, I'll go first. Uh, the Runaway Bride I really enjoyed, um, really loved their interaction. And as I mentioned, I liked how the story unfolded. Uh, I think the only thing keeping it from honestly being like really really high on there is there wasn't much um i don't know there wasn't like a deeper theme within it that i thought was really resonant or anything i just really liked i thought it was just a really well written well acted episode so i have pretty high uh, but i ended up for example i put it just below the robots of death i put i still put that higher because i thought there was some cool stuff going on that i put it uh, just above where i had the unquiet dead from the from the new show so it's um currently of number eight uh, out of 40 for me so it's pretty high but yeah really really enjoyed it and um i'm i'm happy that i do know the spoiler that she is coming back at some point because they were just so great together i'm sorry i didn't Dr- hear any of that because there are tabs as well yes. this thing so, is everything this thing has rubbers, got everything <laughs> rubbers, uh, as we started to rank more of these episodes i decided to move on from a google oh, uh, document man. to a google spreadsheet and uh it is just knocked john out of commission <laughs> it's, here it's, it's stunning it's for, stunning i mean several minutes and 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 alexander wept for there were no more worlds to conquer <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh let me let me do my fun thing which is when i rank a classic episode really low <laughs> that's what i like to do here on the show um I, you know i don't have this at the bottom of the barrel but uh i i like first of all i should say i like the third doctor and unit and liz this is like one of my favorite gangs here and i kind of just and generally liked this episode but it would just kind of meh for me like again i couldn't um meth it was just kind of meth for you it was kind of methy oh okay no, kind of methy methy maybe meth to, would actually help move it along faster like <laughs> it's hard to it's it's hard to prominently hit the word mm. meh because you mm. kind of have to stop and go meh no. Um, anyway, uh, Doctor Who and the Silurians. First of all, I don't like the title, so it loses mm-hmm. about 10 points there. Yeah. Um, but I moved it down. I kind of was seeing where it was fitting in. It ended up for me uh, right around. I have the Ark in Space, another classic. Mm. Uh, again, not low. They're in the middle of the pack for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where I have it. I have it just above. In the newer episodes, I have it just above the Impossible Planet, Satan Pit. Mm. Uh, in a weird thing with this list is it's. I have Doctor Who and the Silurians just a couple spaces away from Delta and the Bannerman, which are mm. very different shows. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that one was very bad, but I really enjoyed watching it and I was mm. very engaged. Whereas this one was like, this is a good episode. I just wasn't that engaged with it. Mm. So mm. it ended up kind of in the middle for me. Um, what in about the you? Middle Have... of the pack. Oh, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to check in with John here to see if he's gotten over his <laughs> spreadsheet fascination. <laughs> You can italicize? Oh, man. It's, the world is just amazing. Um, well, once again, you've really, you've really blown this, uh, okay, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, I put the number, I put the Runaway Bride at my new number one. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. I, I love this one. Uh, it's, it is, it, you're right. It's just not a particularly um, uh, deep episode, um, but it's just so much fun. And uh, it, it clearly, 
it's just oh, it's a story only Doctor Who could do again. Yeah, Tardis Chase and sort of the screwball comedy style of it is great. I love David Tennant and Catherine Tate. Uh, I definitely come back to one. This is so you know in our home when we gather around for the holidays. Um, uh, I make everyone watch Christmas episodes of Doctor Who because, and there are a lot of them now. So it right, takes right. several days, and people try to leave, but they can't. Um, so yeah, uh, and so yeah, this is a, it's not a particularly holiday one, interestingly, but it is. It's I know got, it's got enough Christmas to it that it keeps it. They actually, know, they actually have to it. go through that jump to say, "Why are you getting married on yeah. Christmas?" <laughs> <laughs> like, I hate Christmas. Um, so yeah, so no, I love it. Uh, and again, it is that TARDIS chase. I think that it puts it over the top for me because it's just such a joyous Doctor Who scene. Uh, and so I love that. Um, I do think, by the way, this to me would go up with Tooth and Claw. Less so the other one you have ranked very high, which is the Empty Child, the Doctor Dances, which is a great mm-hmm. set of shows, and I. I would maybe put it up there too but the runaway bride and tooth and claw i would put as like you if just sit down and say Runarounds. hey watch this you yeah probably right. like this like you know yeah um, uh, and you don't need to know point. yeah you don't need another talk i mean you know he keeps mentioning rose but you don't need to know a ton about her uh to follow it like it is, it is a good entry point we're we're in uh the next couple episodes are kind of reboot or not as a reboot but you could entree entree episodes yeah. of Doctor Who. um and then dr jose learns i put it put it fairly high um uh i think um i don't know why and I'm not going to explain it to you. What do you? Who am, I, who am I supposed to tell you, people listening to this podcast? Who do you think you <laughs> yeah, are? Yeah. Who promised you that I have to explain myself? Except the, the story of the podcast. Uh, no, I put it. It's um, it's at number. Uh, oh, the numbers are weird. Oh, the numbers on the side. Oh, wow. Well, okay. yeah. You got to subtract one. Subtract one. So I've got it at fifteen. <laughs> We're going to have to work that. We got to work the kinks out here. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I really shouldn't have introduced Probers, this before we started recording. Probers, it says 16 on the spreadsheet, but you got to know that it's actually number 15. So I'm just going to let Probers just trust me on this, okay? And then when you, I guess, when you mail merge this with the website, is that what happens next? How does that work? Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, Doctor Who and the Silurians. Yeah. Um, so that's at number 15-ish. Uh, and um, I have it uh, just below Tomb of the Cybermen. Uh, and it's uh, it's around Dalek and Father's Day. It's above Spirit of Space. Uh, it's just, it's the, I love the complexity of it. I think it's, it's just, a, it's one of those long Saturday afternoon stories that, you know, especially when you're a kid and you, it seems like it's five hours long because it just keeps going. Uh, <laughs> it's like you really, you get immersed in this world. And I do think the the characters and the the different um, sort of relationships that the, the writer has built are very good. Uh, the Silurians like, are a clever idea. I like um, that it just rumbles along. You're like, you may step away, get coffee. Like, oh, now there's a pandemic in the show. <laughs> still, <laughs> oh, uh-huh. what's happened? oh, they're destroying the Van Allen belt. Wow, I didn't see oh, that coming okay. at All the right. beginning <laughs> with a with a tiny little satellite dish. It's uh, <laughs> <just> great. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just, it, it is sort of the, it, and it, you know what it is? It, it's also, it is, uh, it is the quintessential third doctor story, a scientific base unit, monsters rampaging around, uh, civil, you know, we, we haven't seen too much of this, but you will start to see this, the, uh, the obnoxious civil servant who shows up and is like the government bureaucrat. Like these are all become the staples of this era. Uh, and so I think that's also, that's also part of it. So, uh, Dr. Nisarans, at 15 now, I don't know what, when you run the, the, the calculations on this spreadsheet, I don't know where <laughs> it's going to go, but, uh, hopefully we'll find it. <laughs> well, <laughs> 
Well, uh, you know, you can go to mindprobe.show and see the movie magic that's going to happen from uh, from this uh, spreadsheet. What what I hope will come of this, hmm. probably by uh, by when we post this episode, is oh. uh, you're going to be able to see our rankings and more of kind of a table that you can uh, order them. And then also we will have a joint ranking, Ooh. which will average our two together. And then kind of re-rank based on that. So the show itself will have a ranking, but John and I will not have to actually talk to each other to do it. A machine <laughs> will handle that for oh, us. Neat. Yeah. Oh, so that'll be cool. And then also you can kind of we'll be able to do some stuff to see like, well, how have you ranked um the episodes, you know, just from the tenth doctor or something wow. like that. Yeah. This would be very exciting. So folks, uh, this will be rocketing at you at the same speed at which the ability to contact us via email has been rolled yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That is still have to change the server. I just uh, you know. Yeah. Are we gonna should we do the contact part now? What what's your what's yeah, your yeah. Still, people still getting at you? So you can uh, reach me on Twitter at Porter Mason yeah. and please use the hashtag uh please update your website so I can <laughs> Contact me by email. That would that would help me. Um, you can contact me now. So I have created. Okay. I've come up with a way to be contacted. Um, okay. If you tweet at Pratt Pratt Pratt, which is actor Chris Pratt's yes, uh, Twitter, right. and you say, "Please tell John Grant at No Not the Mind Probe," and then whatever your message is, right? Uh, and then he will. I assume he's a nice guy, so I think he'll feel obligated to but, try so to. Have you- get in touch with me like have that's you the... talked to him about this or you just no, think he's never met him i would really like to meet him uh, actually if you could also tell him to find me um and not be wearing a shirt at the time they did like just you know <laughs> like, could you please right right shirtless facetime this guy and ask him about dr who and the Silurians or, or or in part my comment about dr who and the Silurians. okay i would appreciate Probers, that, so. Probers, you have your marching <laughs> orders let's make this happen yeah. i mean right? look we have like when when the probers act as as a unit. I yeah. mean, <laughs> anything can happen, and right. Right. just the immense, the immense, the magnitude just of, of just pure humans doing all one thing. I mean, like the world's never seen anything. I like think it. if eventually he gets like three or four tweets, even that are just like mentioning, no, he might be intrigued. A, yes. he's probably not doing a ton for the pandemic, so he's gonna be like, oh, and then he might fall in love with no, not the mind probe, he and, then, those- and then me. He'd get the three or four <laughs> tweets that would represent the the movement, which is <laughs> no, not the mind. He would, he would call Spielberg or whoever and be like, "I gotta, I gotta put pause on Jurassic World three yeah. uh, because I got this, I got this no, not the mind probe situation brewing over here, <laughs> and I don't want to, you know, you got to stop it while it's a drip before it becomes a tidal wave. That's that's well, how listen, another work. if you would like, uh chris pratt to facetime you shirtless another way to do that is to subscribe to us on your podcast player and rank us five stars and if you would not like to see chris pratt uh, shirtless first of all that's a problem for you because he is shirtless in a lot of movies yeah, and so right. i'm no. i'm sorry because like if you don't <laughs> want that i don't know what to tell you but like yeah if there's some woman you want shirtless think of that just just <laughs> close your eyes and think of mind probe and and subscribe to us and, and we'll rate like the us secret five stars. That way, sort of yeah yeah basically yeah. Mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. we would love that we would appreciate that it gets the word out there about the podcast and also mm-hmm. makes it easier for you to get each episode uh each week they come out on saturday afternoons which otherwise think... you're out there foraging in the, in the <laughs> yeah, jungle exactly. and you're just like digging up truffles and being like is this is this it and you're like, no this is this is the west wing weekly again and you're just like oh, by the well. way i think <laughs> i've determined that saturday afternoons is like a terrible time to release podcasts but i'm not changing mm-hmm. i'm not changing 
um, until I get uh, again until the probers that that movement uh, mm-hmm. just forces me to. And, and yeah. then, if then you I'm want ready. us to change the release date of the podcast, you should tweet at Mark Hamill uh, at Hamill himself. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him, no, not the mind probe needs to come out That's right. uh, That's at right. a different time. Yeah. That's true. John, uh, we will be doing an episode next week. What do we have Ooh. in store for that episode? Yeah, well, uh, next week, uh, we meet Martha Jones, uh, hey. a new, another new companion uh, for uh, David Tennant. Uh, We're just lousy first, with companions yeah, around here. Just, just tearing through them. Uh, and uh, yeah, we get to this is the first episode of season three of the of the new series. And uh, we also meet the the. the the Jadoon. I was going to pronounce that wrong. Uh, the Didgeridoos. No, the Jadoon. Uh, the Jadoon. Uh, justice-seeking um, uh, creatures. And uh, we've paired that with another uh, trip into the, the uh, justice world uh, and also horror blood-drinking stone world. Uh, mm-hmm. Same same rough area. Uh, the Stones of Blood, the fourth Doctor uh, story. And Probers, Probers, if you're following along at home uh and you are watching these alone uh first of all that's you know be careful um but also that is right in the middle of a, a season arc uh, uh stones of blood so that is part of the key to time season so if you start watching it and you got no idea what's going on uh don't worry there's a slight recap at the beginning that should help you out but and also porter's favorite canine showing back yeah. up yeah the canine story well john i believe with your advanced technology that you could build cities in parts of the world that man has hitherto completely ignored. Mm. Like, for example, in a tectonic crack below the sea or perhaps in elevations far past where man can survive or, mm. you know, like Cleveland. I mean, they've already yeah. have a city in Cleveland, but of yeah. sorts. But I mean, like, who are we kidding? Cleveland. And I'm sure if, yeah. if you asked nicely, they'd let you raise Cleveland to the ground and make a new one. Would, uh, maybe I, yeah. I put a lot of cupcake shops when you make the next one. <laughs> Stationary stores. Ohioans, you know, we're gonna let some lizards bulldoze this. Uh, I mean, sorry, everybody. I mean, like, <laughs> if they held a referendum on that, like, seriously, yeah. like, how many would really say, "Hey, we're gonna let Cleveland be raised to the ground by lizards, and you know, mm-hmm. possibly destroy everyone within a hundred miles"? Right. Who's, and I mean, you know, yeah. and I, you know, Clevelanders, if you haven't thought to yourself what's going on when you've seen all these lizards like measuring yeah, things yeah, and like yeah. trying out swatches on the wall yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's like you know it's yeah. coming you know you know yeah, and then you just yeah. whine about it when it gets announced yeah that's yeah. that's not yeah, yeah that would be they're just you know if that did happen the lizards would take over everything would be there you would just hear a lot of chatter on like local sports radio like oh <laughs> oh i have mark calling in from cleveland yeah, well, these lizards, I can't handle them. By the way, I can't do a Cleveland accent. <laughs> yeah, <they're, laughs> these li- it wasn't interesting. <laughs> Maybe that was a lizard accent. Yeah, these lizards, they're, they're out here measuring stuff, and they're painting, and they've added crown molding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> first time, first time, long time. I just want to say, look, let the lizards be. Let's give them a couple of years. Let's see what they can do. What, why are we judging them right away? <laughs> and then the sports radio guy be like, hey go back to new york okay it's <laughs> a cleveland switch <laughs> oh boy our accents are well here's the future <clears throat> here it is awesome. I've decided I'm old because I was. We were watching Saturday Night Live today, and we were like, they some sing band was on there, and I was like, 
have you ever heard of these people? And Mike goes, nope. And I'm like, well, we're old. Well, <laughs> we the, don't know who's on Saint Live anymore. <laughs> the 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 um the evolution of that is first you watch it, especially if you had like older brothers and sisters, you watch it and you like you haven't heard of the bands, but like you aspire to hear of the bands. You're like, oh, I think I know about this. I've always mm-hmm. wanted. I, I would be cool if I knew this. Then it's when you're right in the market. You're like, oh, all the bands I like are there. Mm-hmm. Then you reach this period where you're like. I haven't heard of that band, but I have heard they're good, but I haven't heard of that. And then now, yeah, like you're where we are now, which is like, I don't even know what they're talking about. I'm just going to even... skip to Weekend Update. <laughs> like you watch them introduce your band and you're like, this could be a sketch. They may be making fun of me here. I don't even know if this is real. <laughs>